0: Great. Thanks, Rain. Um, I'll just get myself organized. Yeah, sorry, it's a bit of a Rain and I show today, but uh, just the way it worked out with, uh, with a baby coming and one thing and another. Um, but anyway, it's a great privilege to be able to uh, speak to you today. And uh, I've been feeling for a little while that I wanted to talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'll explain a little bit why I felt this is an a important topic for us to uh, tackle as a, as a venue, um, but I think it's one of the kind of fundamental sort of doctrines that we hold to about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and seeing him actively moving in each of our lives, in our lives when we gather corporately as a church. So it's something I want to look at today and uh, explore together very much going to be um, taking you through a, a few scripture verses, well, quite a few scripture verses, and I pray even as we do that, that the word will come alive to us afresh. There is so much in the Bible to help us understand how God wants to give us his Holy Spirit and what that means. And so we'll be looking at uh, some of those verses today. I'll pray as we, um, as we start. Father God, we just ask now, just even for your Holy Spirit, to be very present amongst us, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for the work of the Spirit revealing Jesus to us. Lord, leading us, guiding us, that comfort or that strength, all that we need in the various situations of life. And I pray, pray today that even as we look at familiar scriptures, Lord God, Lord, won't they come alive? Holy Spirit, won't you be quickening our hearts with excitement? May we thrill again to look at the way that you want to be working actively in our lives. Lord, I pray, I pray that it won't be just a kind of academic exercise, but Lord, that we will all grasp afresh and enter afresh into all that you would have for us through the Holy Spirit's work. Amen. Amen. So you will know, I think, that the Bible tells us there is one God existing in three persons, three manifestations, if you would like. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And each of those um, representations of God, if you like, having different uh, roles within the life of the believer, the life of the church. We've got God the Father, the Creator, of all things, the one who is there from the beginning, above it all, who sustains all things. and Jesus, who was born as a man, the Son of God, who became man, lived on earth, that perfect, sinless life, and then died as a sacrifice, an offering, for all of our sins. And then the Holy Spirit, the one who reveals God to us, draws us to Jesus in the first place, and then comes to be inside each one of us as we follow Jesus, who guides us, who strengthens us, who emboldens us, who encourages us, who shows Jesus to us. And the three of these persons, equally God, and each fully God, together making up what we we call it the Trinity in that sense. And Jesus, when he was on the earth, as he was about to leave, explained to his disciples what was going to happen. He told them, actually, you know, this was going to be the next stage. This was different to how it had been in the Old Testament, it's talking about the Holy Spirit to come with each believer. So let's look at John 14 and verses 15 to 17 if you love me you will keep my commandments so this is Jesus speaking just uh, before he goes to the crucifixion to his death and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus says they will each receive the Holy Spirit. In fact, he says it's better for them to have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside them than to actually have Jesus with them. I find that hard to take in sometimes. You think, oh, you know, to be next to Jesus, surely well, that will be better. But of course, the Holy Spirit was able to be within each believer, to be constantly there. Constantly with them in every situation of life. It was better. It was better for them to have the helper, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth living inside them. He dwells with you and will be in you. What a glorious privilege to have God himself living in each one of us by his Holy Spirit. And so Jesus prepares them further at the beginning of Acts after his death and his resurrection. So we've gone on, I suppose, a few weeks by this time. And he uh, speaks to them again in Acts chapter 1 and says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the word, end of the earth. So Here we see that that promise, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we often think about baptism in water, don't we? You know, and when we're talking to Bapt, about baptism in water to people and explaining it, we, we talk about that word baptized, meaning to be submerged. They use that word, I think, when they were dyeing cloth, and you know, so they put the cloth, in the dye, completely immersed within the dye, and it came up a different color. And we see something of what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in these ideas, to be completely immersed in the Holy Spirit, to be changed in that sense through the work of the Holy Spirit. And through the holy work of the Holy Spirit, they would receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you is what Jesus promised. And then just a little bit later, the next chapter, we we read actually about that coming of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit Spirit gave them utterance. This wasn't something that could be easily missed. You know, that sound like a mighty rushing wind, the tongues of fire appearing. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance, We heard earlier how the Holy Spirit came to embolden, and it was certainly true for the uh, apostles at that time. But Actually, as a result of this experience, we then read about the boldness that came upon them. Peter, you remember the story of Peter, how at one time he denied Jesus, how you know, he turned away in that sense, not being bold at all, and, how later we read that they were behind locked doors. But now, Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. That's the crowd that had gathered there. Oh, are we on the right? I think we've gone on a bit. That's it. (laughs) Um, So Peter, standing with the eleven, lift up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, And all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose. That was what the crowds had deduced, these guys. They must have had too much wine. No, they weren't drunk, as they supposed, since it was only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Well, I don't know whether you're seeing visions or whether you're dreaming dreams, but uh, God categorizes you uh, in that way. Um, but the Holy Spirit poured out and available for everyone. This experience that they had received was for all those who were followers of Jesus. And actually, when we see the apostles uh, working out what it meant to build the early church, the Holy Spirit was such an important part of that. Down in Acts 10, it records how Peter, after being commissioned by God to go to start talking to the Gentiles, the the non-Jewish people who were in Caesarea, he tells them about Jesus, about his death and his resurrection. And he ends that with a challenge. Everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins in his name, declaring that great way that God has made for us, for our sins to be forgiven for us to come to Jesus, for us to come to God. And the people who heard it believed. Well, they believed what was being ver- said. And we read in these verses what happened. While Peter was still saying these things, he's still explaining to them what salvation means. The Holy Spirit fell on all who held, heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, And they asked him to remain for some days. So they heard the word. They immediately have seemed to have opened themselves to receiving the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. And so uh, Peter says, oh, crumbs, we better baptize them now. Often we'll think of it happening in, a, in the other order. Or it takes a little while for people to get baptized. But of course we can see here that actually now God is sovereign. God works in each believer's life, in the, in the way that he chooses. But they knew there was tangible evidence that they had been baptised in the Holy Spirit as they came to that belief in Jesus. God is sovereign and so personal in de- dealing with each person. My last example from Acts 19 and uh, verses 1 to 7 and it happened that while apollos was at corinth paul passed through the inland country and came to ephesus and there he found some disciples and he said to them did you receive the holy spirit when you believed and they said no we've not even heard that there is a holy spirit and he said into what then will be you baptized And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John, baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men, in all, So for these it had happened rather differently. They'd heard about John the Baptist, the one who came ahead of Jesus, saying that Jesus was to come. But they actually hadn't heard that Jesus had come, that he had made that sacrifice. And so they were expectant still uh, for Jesus to come, for that saviour to arrive. And as Paul explains this, and after they have believed it, there he tells them about the Holy Spirit. And then prays for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Something they hadn't really heard of before. Interesting here that he lays hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. And it is something that we see quite often in the Bible that God uses men and women to lay hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. And we see that clear evidence again that something had happened, speaking in tongues prophesying, and we see the Holy Spirit's work continuing to be active in the Holy Church, in the early church, throughout the New Testament. So what is the work of the Holy Spirit today? The Holy Spirit who was so active at that time, the Holy Spirit who... Uh, empowered them, who brought those gifts at that time, actually longs to work with us in the same way. Just got one or two verses that I think illustrate something of the life, of of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church today. We read in Romans 8 verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And It's kind of one of my favorite verses, so you've probably heard me quote it before. But the Spirit himself, the Spirit within us, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He brings that assurance that we are God's children. He helps us to know, to know within our deep uh, inside, you know, no, I am a child of God. Such an important declaration, isn't it, when... You know, things to be going against us with, life is confusing. No, I am a child of God. I'm chosen, I'm loved. God has purpose for me. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to be a witness with our spirit that we're children of God. The Holy Spirit giving us gifts. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The good of the church. Often when we meet, we will have uh, spiritual gifts uh, being used amongst us. God uses those gifts to help us, to help us in our worship, to direct us. Sometimes there'll be gifts of healing. We see people uh, made well. I'm no. um, sorry, I was going to give examples, but I won't embarrass anyone. But you know, God comes to heal, to speak. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit given for the common good. We know about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, graciousness, faithfulness, those things that the Holy Spirit causes to develop in our lives. Galatians 5.16 says, walk by the Spirit. Walk in step with the Spirit. Follow the Spirit's promptings and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We're called to be people who follow God's ways, not the ways of the world, not the ways of the flesh. And it's by the Spirit. It's the Spirit who helps us to say no to sin. It's the Spirit who changes our sinful desires to hearts that long for God's plans and purposes. And Ephesians 5 tells us, don't get drunk with wine but be filled with the Spirit. It's interesting, isn't it, that kind of comparison of wine and filled with the Spirit. We heard at the beginning of Acts how they thought they were drunk. That seemed to be what the Holy Spirit was like. But no, we're not to get drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you will know, that I think, perhaps, or so, some of you might, that that word, be filled with the Holy Spirit, It is is not a one-off Experience, I think it's a present continuous tense, something like that. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It should be a regular experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so easy, I think, you know, to kind of go off the boil, if you like, to lose sight of the Holy Spirit, to lose sight of God's purposes. But actually, we need to keep coming back. No, fill me again, Lord. Fill me again. I need your strength. I need to be... Filled again with all that you have for me. So we've seen that important work of the Holy Spirit in the early church. Helping them to be bold in speaking their faith. Giving gifts such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, other gifts. Reassuring them they were loved children of God. Helping them to live lives that glorify God and were not full of sin. Bringing the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. That's what we've seen in the early church. And might I say to you that actually we know they need those things today in our own lives. We need God's help, the help of the Holy Spirit in our witnessing. We need the help of the Holy Spirit reassuring us that we're loved by God. We need the Holy Spirit giving us gifts, bringing fruit into our lives. These are things that are vital for each of us. One of the questions we ask at our church membership interview, if you've decided you wanted to join the church here, make this church your home, we do a sort of short exploring membership course, and then we have a a sort of chat at the end of that. And uh, one of the questions we ask people is, when were you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And it's a question that sits along other quest- sides. Other questions, you know, when did you become a Christian? When were you baptized in water? But it's a question, when were you baptized in the Holy Spirit, that often people are unsure about. They're uncertain sometimes. Or, or you know, I don't really know. And sometimes that's because, you know, that in a sense, they've known the Holy Spirit to be active with them through their, cons- through, sorry, to know the Holy Spirit to be active in their lives ever since they believed. Maybe they're uncertain sometimes whether there is more than that. Maybe it's that they didn't speak in tongues. Often, as we've seen here, tongues accompanied uh, being filled with the Spirit, but that's not always the case. Sometimes people haven't spoken in tongues. Well, was I really baptised in the Holy Spirit? Maybe they didn't experience those sound of the rushing wind and the tongues of fire in a dramatic manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's like that. But actually sometimes it's not and it doesn't have to be like that. So that question of when were you baptised in the Holy Spirit, it's an important question but I don't want us to get hung up on it. The question I'd rather ask you today is Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit? Do you need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit? I think I'd say yes to that. If it's the first time, we might think of it as a baptism in the Spirit. But for many of us, it will be a refreshing, a refilling, a re-empowering, a re-equipping Part of the Holy Spirit's work is to reveal Jesus to us. Actually, it may be. God wants to reveal Jesus afresh to you again. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the one who brings strength to those who feel weak. So do you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you want to see the fruit of the Spirit, flourishing? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness? Are those the characteristics that you want in your life? Do you want to yield afresh to the Holy Spirit? Do you want him to have free reign in your life? The Holy Spirit is for all believers. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're seeking to follow his ways I can't really see how you can say no to that no, I want all God that you can give me and I know that there can be fear there can be fear that oh, will the Holy Spirit take me over, will he cause me to, I don't know exhibit behaviours that will embarrass me, no I don't think that's true at all he will only do what you give him the freedom to do will he force me to speak in tongues in a public setting, that would be horrible no, I don't think I can, no God gives us control of the manifestations of the spirit through through ourselves God only gives good gifts to his children and the Holy Spirit is one of the best gifts that he gives us and you know what I think he wants us to give us more of his Holy Spirit today. You up for that? Why don't we all stand then? Just ask the Holy Spirit to just come and be present amongst us. I don't know where you are on this whole journey of faith. In a sense, it doesn't really matter. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Is a great prayer and there's... The stuff that might go with that but you know God is the one who comes to meet us as we reach out to him he comes to reach us why don't you if you're comfortable there's no pressure you don't have to do anything but just lifting our hands is a sign sometimes that we're open to receiving more of God to receiving what he would bring to us He just wants to give good gifts. Your Father is a loving Father. Father God, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit comes to indwell us, to reveal Jesus to us, to embolden us, to help us to live that life that you've called us to. The Holy Spirit who makes us bold for witness. The Holy Spirit who changes our characters, who gives us gifts. Lord, those fruits of the Spirit that develop and make us more like Jesus. Lord, it's our heart's desire to be more like Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come now. Lord, our pray pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and fill us afresh now. Lord, sometimes we've got tired, sometimes we've got worried by the things of the world. Sometimes it all just feels heavy. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come now. You will fill afresh. Lord, I pray for some who kind of have never risked stepping out in this way before. Lord, won't you come and fill them. Lord, in your gentle way, Lord, gentle Holy Spirit, I pray that you will baptize people in your Holy Spirit today. Those who've never really experienced your work in their life, Lord, Lord, I pray that this will be the day. Lord, when you come, I pray, Holy Spirit, give gifts now to people. Lord, maybe For some, they've never spoken in tongues and actually they would love to have that gift, that gift so helpful sometimes in glorifying you. Lord, won't you give gifts to people now? Whether it's gifts of healing, whether it's gifts that we use to serve the body, whether it's prophecy, whatever it is, Lord God, Lord, be equipping us now. Be equipping us as a church. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Let's just, let's just wait. Let's just rest in him. I don't know, Adrian, you want to come and help us a little bit. Um, but uh, let's just rest in this place. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Baptize us now. Fill us afresh. Fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. shee We've seen in the Bible how actually the laying on of hands was one of the ways in which that filling of the Holy Spirit took place. And for some of you, you may feel, no, actually, I'd like someone to lay hands on me this this morning just to impart that gift in that way. That's how it's going to be for me. And I'd just like to invite you just to come to the front. We'll have a few people who will be happy to lay on hands on you to follow that principle that we've seen in the Bible here. To impart that gift to you. If you feel that that's going to be helpful to you, just uh, don't worry about anybody else looking at you or whatever else. Just come to the front and we'll just pray for you, just that the Holy Spirit will come. Oh, I swear.